Austin, do you want to go Christmas podding? Too good, too good to be true, crime. Too good, too fucking good to be true, crime. It's true. Welcome to a Christmas edition of Too Good To Be True Crime. I'm in Oxford, in the rolling countryside in England. And Austin, where are you, my friend? I'm in Manhattan, as always. Mate, do you know what I want to do? We had a nice Christmas, very relaxing, very chilled. But I do want to report some Christmas crimes. That's what I want to do first of all. And the first Christmas crime, the first Christmas crime that I want to report is the 200 pound statue of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was stolen. Back in 2014, the 200 pound statue of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer disappeared from a city sign in Los Angeles. And I'm thinking, Los Angeles, that's a busy place. There's going to be a lot of people around. So this, this person had some balls as well to do this. So it had been there every year for 50 years. They located this wooden statue on the roof of a mobile home in Gardena. The man at the home was arrested for possession of the stolen property and he was found to be a gardener who worked in the area when the statue disappeared second one police arrested a couple for swiping two thousand dollars worth of their neighbor's christmas decorations right but not only that <laughs> this is the best bit that couple then put those decorations up on their own house and in their own front garden. So every time the people that had it stolen from them walked by, they could see their own decorations and could do nothing about it. Swedish Christmas goat engulfed in flames for the 27th time. <laughs> the Swedish town uh, Gavle, this goat, and it's massive. There's a picture of it here. We'll try and share it on the link. It was engulfed in flames. It was set on fire. And it's not the first time that it's happened. It's happened all the time. You'd think, you think after the 27th time they think to themselves you know what maybe we couldn't we shouldn't put this like huge straw goat on display because because clearly people just want to set it on fire what a weird thing to keep doing though maybe that's become the tradition as soon as a straw goat gets erected for christmas they set it on fire number four uh women women in bikinis steal christmas lights in rural town um so scantily dressed ladies took 30 solar lights including three candy canes from two homes before they were disturbed by a neighbor who chased them down the street the police said the group fled across a nearby nearby football field and somehow vanished in the small town police were never able to attack the christmas criminals and it looks like that they were um like volleyball players in their volleyball outfits that <laughs> these christmas lights and they were never caught i just want to wish the person that stole our christmas presents from the hallway outside our apartment a very merry christmas because that's what happened no yeah sometimes you go to the to the store and you and you buy your christmas presents and other times you order from amazon and that's pretty much for the most part what a lot of people do so uh gem ordered some bits and pieces from amazon and they take the picture don't they they take the picture and they send it saying it's been left went out to where it's been left nothing there absolutely nothing and there were some nice christmas presents that she had ordered that that had gone mate so i just want to say to the person that stole the new pair of headphones that she'd ordered i hope today that your ears fall off. <laughs> I couldn't live with myself. If I just stole someone's, you know, knowing 
it's Christmas time and you're knowing that there's probably going to be presents in Amazon deliveries, of which there are loads outside our apartment. Using someone's headphones or using someone, you know, reading a, reading a book that someone else has bought, it's awful. So yeah, like I said, I hope the person that stole the headphones, I hope they've made your ears turn green and fall off. Merry Christmas, one and all. Mate, here, here's one. So please issue description of stolen Christmas tree as six foot tall with lots of green branches and prickly bits. <laughs> this says, if anyone has any information as to the whereabouts of this tree, please get in touch, said the Facebook page of the UK's Falmouth Police Station after specifying that a stolen Christmas tree on their Facebook page was six foot tall with lots of green branches and prickly bits. An obvious case of a very, <laughs> very bits. special hard to miss tree. The status update has generated a number of amassed responses from the followers page. Ridiculous, but that's the UK. And to finish off Austin, here's one for you because marijuana is legal in the state of New York, am I right? Oh, it sure is. It's 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 just as legal as beer. So this one is a hundred and ninety-two thousand dollars worth of marijuana was was uh, seized and it was wrapped as Christmas gifts. So in two thousand and twelve, a BMW SUV was pulled over on the Ohio Turnpike. Is it is uh is marijuana not legal in Ohio? I don't know. Probably not. And I tell you what, it probably wouldn't have been even if it is now in 2012 when this too good to be true crime took place. So a drug, uh, a drug sniffer dog indicated the presence of contraband and the police searched the vehicle. Probable cause search revealed 30 pounds of marijuana wrapped as Christmas gifts worth an estimated $192,000. Merry Christmas one and all. And there we I've go. I've heard of wrapping your marijuana in a lot of things, but I've never heard of wrapping it as a Christmas present. No, absolutely. There were some people <laughs> having a very Merry Christmas in Ohio. There we go. That was our quick, fast selection of ridiculous Christmas crimes. Too good. Too good to be true. It's crime. good. That's, 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 that's. Too good. Too fucking good to be true crime. So, Austin, we're back from our travels in Japan. I had a great time, did you? I was so smitten with Japan and the culture and the people there. So I've got another story related to Japan for us today. Wonderful. And this takes place in Tokyo in 1968. Global revolution and cultural upheaval, right? One of the things that was going on with Japan's economy at the time was a boom in their consumer electronics. Of course. When I was growing up, mate, it was all about, everything was made in Japan. It was massive. We're going to talk about the Toshiba Corporation in this pod. They, of course, are and, and were at the time one of the biggest consumer electronics, consumer goods, um, you know, companies mm. out there in Japan. So we're in December of 1968. The Nippon Trust Bank, one of their clients is Toshiba. The bank manager has gotten some threats in the last few months. The threats are sort of, sometimes they're handwritten, sometimes they're, they're done with like magazine kind of clippings, that kind of thing. But they're- they're Old school. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly, totally old school, like just like in the films. And so this, this bank manager is getting threats. And then on December 6th of 1968, he receives a letter that is a little bit more of a specific threat. So this was a letter sent to his home and it demanded 3 million yen or the guy was going to blow up his house. And this letter was both handwritten and put together with magazine clippings. So it's similar wow. to the other letters that he's gotten in the past, 
but this one is the one that's like, by this date, I want 300 million yen or I'm going to blow up your house. That's pretty intense. Yeah. I don't know if that's par for the course for being a bank manager. <laughs> so these letters and the and these threats are is just literally someone wanting money. So he's going, right, I'm going to the top. I'm going to the bank manager. That's who I'm going to infiltrate. And that's who I'm going to ask to give me this money. Exactly. And so just for right. reference, you know, we haven't even gotten into this has nothing to do with the Toshiba Corporation yet. This is mm. just a bank and the bank manager has been getting these threats and then uh, a, a more pointed threat comes on December 6th. So the bank manager okay. reports this to the police and 50 police officers stake out like his house and the bank and they sort of determine that there's there's no threat. They can't they don't see anything. So he got these letters, but there's not really the, nothing for them to spot, if you will. Four days later, four employees from the Nippon Bank, not the manager. The manager was not on this trip. Right. Four employees make a scheduled trip to the Toshiba factory. So we have four days after this this threatening letter was sent. Four employees from the bank are in a marked bank vehicle. And they're taking right. bonuses, Christmas bonuses, presumably, we're in December. They're taking mm. taking yearly bonuses to the Toshiba uh, employees. Right. And so they are delivering this amount of money in its Christmas bonuses in their marked bank in vehicles cash. in cash. And the cash wow. is all being held in metal boxes. So there's three metal boxes. Mm. Right. Big boxes. So it's a cash drop and we now, I know we have those big armored vehicles, but this wasn't like a big, huge, you know, army tank armored vehicle like we have today. It was, it was a marked bank vehicle and the money was safe in these metal boxes, but it wasn't, I, I'm sure you have those, those big armored vehicles over in, over in the UK. We do. And I'm presuming that back then, 1968, it was not as advanced as it is now, because I think now you've got the guy, he, he's got a handcuff to his, to his, uh, the, you know, the box he's carrying, he's got a helmet on. And I think if I'm not mistaken, that in those boxes, there is some kind of like paint thing that if you were to smash the 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 box open the paint just like destroys all the money and stuff so yeah and i think i've got a feeling i could be wrong i've got a feeling they wear like a stab vest as well or a bulletproof vest or something like that now so i don't know what it's like in 1968 but i, I can't imagine it was anywhere near as advanced as the, the what they wear now i know when i worked at a grocery store the the people in the armored vehicle would come and pick up the cash and they would have bulletproof bulletproof vests on Although I know there's a different demand for bulletproofing in America than there is for the UK, but... <laughs> there is. But do you know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say, when you're working in a grocery store, you have to wear a bulletproof vest. <laughs> I've never worn people, a bulletproof if, vest. I have no idea how heavy they are. I, I don't know. Would you, like, I, would, would you like to feel what it's like to wear a bulletproof vest and, and take a bullet, see what that feels like. We have these four bank employees of the Nippon Trust Bank and they're taking Christmas bonuses to the Toshiba factory in their, in their lightly armored vehicle. They're passing by a prison in Tokyo and mm. a cop stops them. And this is a cop on a motorcycle. So they hear lights and sirens behind them. A police officer stops them and lets them know that the, the bank manager's house has just been blown up. Right. Oh, wow. So it did happen. These employees were aware of the threats. This wasn't out of the blue, but rather like, oh, shit, it really happened. Yeah. So the cop says the bank manager's house has just been blown up. Obviously, that's why I'm here contacting you. We need to check this vehicle 
and make sure that it's safe. He has everybody step step out. Yeah. And he said, obviously, this person does indeed know where the bank manager lives. The bank is compromised. This car might be compromised. The employees step out of the car and the police officer starts doing a check on the vehicle. Right. The car starts smoking as the cop is underneath the vehicle. Smoke starts coming out. And so the cop is like, yeah, this car could blow up at any second. Why don't you employees go run for cover? So the employees go run. They run behind the prison wall, right? And they're, mm. they're, they're bracing for cover, expecting an explosion. But an explosion never happens. They peek out from behind the wall that they had taken cover. And the car is gone. And the cop's gone. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say the cops in on it. So they, so I'm presuming the money was still in in the car. They didn't take the money when they ran for cover. No, I, I surely they would have been like, yeah, fuck the money. It's in metal boxes. Like, let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cop wow. leaves so the cop his motorcycle, and they also see a flare on the ground. Right. So the cop had come along. He'd set a flare. Up, so he's obviously in on it, right? He told. So he probably wasn't even a cop, right? He wasn't even a cop. No. The motorcycle, which he left at the scene, was just painted to match the color of pol a police motorcycle, but it wasn't even a police motorcycle. Right, okay. So he was posing right. as so a cop. The employees called the bank. Our car's just been stolen. And the bank mm. manager picks up the phone and he's totally fine. And he's like, no, my house hasn't been blown up. This mystery person who was pretending to be a cop had orchestrated this whole thing. He was behind it, he took the money, but he had also given these sort of breadcrumbs leading up to it. So that for him to say, oh, the bank manager's house just exploded, it wasn't an unexpected thing for the employees to hear. So he just yeah. he just primed everybody for this exact thing. Wow, that's quite intricate, isn't it? So, and it was just this one guy. So it wasn't a team of people, it wasn't a gang, it was just this one guy that came up with this plan and probably spent a year like planning it, hadn't he? It seems that somehow maybe he knew that Christmas bonuses were going to the Toshiba Corporation. The amount of money that he stole is equal to the amount of money he demanded in that letter. So in the demand, in the, in the threatening demand letter on December 6th, he asked for 300 million yen and that's how much he got away with. 300 million yen. So that equates to what? Like 50? like $1.5 million, something like that? Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in today's money, I think it's closer to 6 million, yeah. 6 million, wow. Yeah, lots of Christmas bonuses. The mystery crook, the impersonator, the, the thief got away. And yep. as we said, they found a flare at the scene. They found a motorcycle that had been painted to look like a police motorcycle. There was about 120 pieces of evidence at the crime scene. Really just meant to confuse the cops. The first thing that they found was a flare. And so they determined that this high visibility flare had to come from this certain gas station. It didn't mm. lead them anywhere. They also found a PA, which I think you call a tannoy maybe over- uh, Tannoy? Yeah. They found a PA mounted to the motorcycle to help it look like a cop motorcycle. Right, yeah, yeah. They looked at the serial number for that. They determined there's only five of them that were sold in the area. Four of them were mm. accounted for. And then of course, one of mm. them had gotten stolen from a construction site. Wow. So they have these, they have these bits of evidence, then it sort of leads them to a dead end. The four people in the car all saw the person's face. So they immediately got a sketch of his face. Yeah, have you seen this man? 
780,000 pictures put all over Japan of of this this mystery person's face. So it's a wow, huge amount really... of money that was stolen and yeah. they're going all out on the investigation. Yeah, they don't mess around. They started out with 110,000 suspects. 110,000. How do you whittle it down from that amount? They had 170,000 officers investigating the case. Uh, almost wow. 200,000 officers just investigating this case. The largest investigation in Japanese history. And who's, if whilst those 200 police officers are investigating that crime, who's investigating all the other crimes? That's a good time. That's a, you know what? That is a good time <laughs> to perform another crime doing something else because you know that all the manpower has been taken up searching for the mystery guy on the motorbike. The almost 200,000 officers, they're deep investigating the crime and they start to find a, a few more breadcrumbs. They find the stolen bank vehicle. And it's in mm. uh, it's it's sort of in these temple ruins in Nishimoto town. Right. And so once they found the abandoned bank vehicle, they're like, great, the suspect switched cars on the way. Yeah. So they're in Nishimoto and they're asking locals and a local woman says, oh, I saw a blue car here parked a couple times in the days leading up to this event. So this is like, a, yep. this is a national, this is like a national story and everyone's aware of it and people are like, hey, I saw this blue vehicle. So then the police track down this blue vehicle. It's a Toyota Corolla and it's found abandoned. I used to have one. You did? You had a Toyota Corolla? I used to, I used to, I used to own one. It's one of my first cars, a Toyota Corolla. Was it Very blue? reliable. No, it was. It's silver. Yeah, so they, they find they find the second car abandoned, like, at, near a high school. He's got this planned out, hasn't he? So he's got v various getaway vehicles. Like, he's, he, he, needs to, he needs to skip the country ASAP. 20-year mark, the statute of limitation has passed. So as Which we don't have. I don't, you don't? I don't think we have... No, we don't have... I, do, I, I don't believe in this country, in the UK, we have the statute of limitations. I think you could be at any time, if, you're, you know, if, the, if the evidence suggests that you've been caught, I think you could be tried for that crime. I think, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. But you have statute of lim uh, limitations, don't you, in the I US? I think so. Yeah, I think so. And is it the same? Is it, tw is it 20 years? I honestly, I don't know. All you got to do, you steal the money and you just literally <laughs> find a room and just hole up in that room for 20 years. And then you just live the rest of your life going, you can't touch me. In 1998, a 55-year-old man claimed that that's exactly what he did. Right. He said his name was Yuhi Ogata. He claims to be the perpetrator of the heist. The claim was first yeah. made public in a magazine where the, the reporter said this 500 yen note was given to a little boy back around the time of the heist, and it was given to him right. by this guy, Yuhi Ogata, for good luck. And right. that's sort of the story that they presented in corroboration with Yuhi Ogata's own claim that he did the heist. Very good luck if you get in a case with three million yen in it as well. He's done well there. <laughs> so Ogata claims he had an accomplice. So this is what you asked about right. before. Ogata says he had an accomplice and Okay. Him and the accomplice used a truck that was transporting panes of glass, and that's how they were able somehow to uh, to get the money, you know, past authorities. And so they right. they drove it out as far as they could, and then they they split they split ways. They settled in like far parts of the country, and and that's what he claimed had happened. Um, and Ogata's family and he said was he was always to. asking for money too. 
even though he had like three million or one point five million yen, and, yeah. and they're you know what, and they're the people that <laughs> always have a lot of money. It's the people that don't pay for anything, and the people that want to give you money are always the people that have got loads of money in the bank as well. The generous people have never got anything. Maybe that was part yeah, of his cover. Be. From from off the scent, and also now the statue limitations is is eclipsed, and so he's probably doing the chat shows, got himself a book deal. He's celebrating what he did. <laughs> he's got a book, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's it. This this incredibly famous case, the most mm. the most high profile heist in Japanese history, and it just kind of dissolves. How much money did they spend on this? The investigation cost over seven million U.S. dollars, and never never were able to turn up what exactly happened what i find so ironic about this is that when he eventually or if it was him that did it the guy that's actually claiming that was me and this is how i did it at that point even though they've been looking for him for x amount of years they're probably turning around and going i don't believe it was him to be honest i don't believe it. he's just saying it was him it wasn't him do you know what i mean and yeah. it's the perfect crime that's right or they're like okay fair play old man like you sat on this for a while Statute of yeah. limitations, fair play. As much as you like, oh God, he is a thief and he did, st- he, but he stole from the system. He didn't steal from an individual, did he? So that money was probably insured. And as much as you think, oh, it, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have done it. He's not stolen. He's not gone and broken into someone's house and stole three million or stole their headphones. He's just literally just stole from the system. So you're seeing it, you're seeing him as a bit of a Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Well, it depends. Well, no, because he... <laughs> if the Japanese investigators could not figure out who did this crime, I don't know that you and I are really prepared to make any rulings. But I'll ask you about this guy, Ogata, Yuhi Ogata. What do you think are the chances that this thief really just hid out for, you know, 30 years and, and it ends up being this 55-year-old guy who his family claims was always stingy? Do you think it was him? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it probably, I mean, what, if he's not, if he's not, if he's not earning anything from saying that it was him, why would he say that it was him? Do you know what I mean? Unless he, unless he's, like I said, he's got himself a book deal or he's going on the chat shows or he's doing interviews and he's getting, he's earning a living from actually giving these interviews. That's a way of him earning money. So I can understand if it wasn't him, he can still earn money by saying that. If he doesn't care that people are going to sort of condemn him for committing that robbery why not i mean so i would probably say it was him we're talking about the 70s and the 80s so i would imagine he'd have been able to rent probably quite a nice place from someone and just paid them cash because you can't put that money through the through any kind of electronic system or into the bank can you unless you've cleaned it so i would say he probably his he he sounds like he was very organized so he had every you know every t crossed and every i dotted right from the 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 ransom letters to the bank manager right through to the stolen you know the mocked up uh police motorbike vehicle his getaway cars so it, it seems like he was very organized so he probably organized his next 20 years and thought if i do this this is where i'm gonna live this is how i'm gonna pay for my living and after 20 years is elapsed I can then come clean, say it was me. They can't do anything about it. I've still got all the money. I can now pay it into a bank and live out the rest of my years quite happily. I, I so love, I everything. Yes, I love everything that you said. I agree with everything. But I have to say, in my imagination, I imagined that he's just some old guy who wanted to get a little bit of a kick out of everyone and was like, actually, 
I could become quite a legend if I just tell everyone I did that and no one can prove I didn't do it. He gets his 15 minutes of fame, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Merry Christmas to whoever he is. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Mate, that was a great, that was a great crime. I enjoyed that. Yes, yeah, it was real smooth crime. Nobody died, thank God. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was too good to be true. It was just a perfectly, perfectly planned crime. And the only people that lose out are the bank. And we love it when that happens. <laughs> well, listen, I suppose the next time that we speak will be in the new year. 2024. That'll be our, our, our second year of the podcast, mate. I'm looking forward to many wow. more seasons of finding the most ridiculous crimes that we can find. Or in today's case, the most one of the most smooth crimes that we could find. Everyone listening, like, subscribe, do all the usual stuff to help us keep growing this podcast. It's lovely to have you along. Merry Christmas, Austin. Happy New Year, my friend. And uh, I will see you in 2024. Goodbye, Rich. See you next year.